which rookies gain the most value during the 2022 NFL draft? Kate and I will discuss on this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome into the show, everybody. I am Kate Majuk. You can follow me on Twitter at FFFallBlast. And of course, as always on the Lockdown Dynasty Football Podcast, I am joined by Marcus Mosier. You can follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Be sure to listen uh, or subscribe wherever you're listening. Be sure to listen to all of the exciting content that's coming up. We broke down all of these rookie prospects ahead of the draft. Now we know their landing spots. Marcus, how are you feeling heading out of the NFL draft? First of all, I'm very tired. That was a long, long weekend. But uh, My brain is that, exhausted. Yeah, it was exhausting. Uh, a lot of surprises, a couple big trades. Um, I'm excited to get into it. Okay. So I want to ask you, let's, just off the top, which player do you think gained the most value during the NFL draft? I think it's probably got to be Traylon Burks. And that was not a name that I necessarily uh, thought that we'd be saying. But I think the move in the middle of the draft to trade A.J. Brown and immediately draft Traylon Burks with that pick, it, it kind of tells you where the Titans are headed. Uh, you know, the, it seems like the the A.J. Brown scenario with the Titans, they weren't looking to uh, come to deal on a, a new contract like he received with his new team of 25 million per year. Absolutely nuts. Uh, Well-deserved love AJ Brown. Um, but essentially you're kind of looking at that move as the Titans feel pretty comfortable. The trail on Burks is going to come in and he can fill a, at least a, a sizable chunk of that role. Um, you know, maybe their, their thoughts are that, you know, his size is going to give him, you know, a, a nice dominance there right out of the gate, which that kind of fits what AJ Brown does. He's, he's big, um, you know, better athlete than Traylon Burks, but they'll know seems, how to use them. Right. Like, yeah, they're one of the, one of the teams that I feel like, I mean, he's not the same player as AJ Brown, but he's similar enough to like, they'll find ways to get him involved in the, you can see where punches. You can see based on the player type, sort of how they can, how they would fit uh, along the same line of a conversation. And there's going to be a role for Traylon Burks yeah. right out of the gate, which like a huge one. Yeah, I, I think that's a good call. Uh, Traylon Burks on Dynasty League football right now is wide receiver two among all rookies. Drake London, actually a wide receiver one. Um, I think he gained a little bit of value as well. We don't have to spend a lot of time on Drake London, but when you're picked at number eight, they, they have basically no receivers there other than Kyle Pitts. I think he's a, a big winner as well. I um, mean, for some of us who already had him ranked as the wide receiver exactly. one, he, That's he why couldn't you, have you, moved much. Yeah, he's not going to move much. Um, for me, okay, my single biggest riser is Tyquan Thornton, wide receiver from Baylor. Because going into the draft, pick, man. going into the draft, <laughs> I had him as like wide receiver 25, wide receiver 26 among rookies, among rookies. And the Patriots took him at 50 overall. I Listen, I covered the Raiders for the Raiders wire. I was 
pretty frequently mocking Thornton to the Raiders, like in the fifth or sixth round, saying, hey, you know the Raiders. They love to add speed. They'll reach on a guy in the fifth round that just has pure speed. Oh, no. They didn't even get the chance to do that because the Patriots did it four rounds earlier, essentially. So, Tyquan The Patriots. Thornton, the Patriots. <laughs> what is going on? I don't know. Uh, who knows? But, <laughs> I, I mean, are we advising you to go out and spend a premium pick on Thornton? No. But because of his draft capital, all of a sudden we have to at least consider him now because when you do draft a receiver in the top 50, you're expecting them to play significant snaps sort of right, right away. So Tyquan Thornton, suddenly fantasy relevant. Yeah, and there's it's not like there's a very crowded wide receiver room. I mean, you have Jacoby Myers there who is allergic to touchdowns. Um, you know, Nikhil Harry didn't pan out. There's definitely opportunity to be had there. Nelson Aguilar's um, in the last year of his deal there, and he's yeah, kind of this, this stretcher guy right now. There's definitely uh, a role to be had. I definitely think the Patriots had the most surprising draft out of just anybody. They flipped a middle finger to everybody's pre-draft rankings um, in all of our mocks, and they just said, you know what, we're going to do what we want to do. And what they wanted to do was very different than what everybody yes. else wanted them to do. So hey. we're, we're going to see how this pans out. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I want to keep sticking with some of the receivers because I do think there's a lot of receivers that did gain value in this draft because they flew off the board, Kate. And we kind of expected that. We, we expected a lot of receivers to go early. But I think a lot of the landing spots were interesting. So I would like to continue to talk about the receiver. But I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including league reviews and news including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Kate, I want to ask you about Christian Watson because we did a show on Watson, um, and we didn't love him. But we, we kind of thought his ranking pre-draft was because I think a lot of people were connecting him to the Packers. And we thought once he got drafted by the Packers high, uh, whether it was in the first round or second round, you would see this post-draft bump. He is currently wide receiver eight after the Packers traded to go up and get him. How are you feeling about Watson now that he's on the Packers and he's the only receiver they drafted inside of like the top 150? I, I mean, this kind of goes in step with what we had already predicted would happen for Christian Watson. It, it seemed like a very natural fit. Like he's sort of staying at home, North Dakota state. Like uh, he, he doesn't have to go too far here, but I mean, the Packers, it, this is one of, I think the riskiest picks in the draft among all of these wide receivers. Cause I think the upside is incredibly high with Christian Watson. You're getting a, really, really fantastic athlete, but some of the like traits as a wide receiver, I don't think he's fully developed in that department. So if you have the faith that you can develop him into a true wide receiver and, and develop some more of those skill sets, um, like ball handling and, and things like that, like the athleticism off the charts, but he needs some work. Um, so the ceiling is going to be very high, but I do think the floor is 
relatively low. And I feel like I'm kind of alone in that camp. Uh, I agree. I, I, I just think he's really Marquez Valdez Scantling 2.0, maybe a little bit better of an athlete, but I think that's the role that he's going to fill on this offense. If you're expecting him to be Devonte Adams or even 75% of Devonte Adams, I think you're going to be very disappointed. His role is going to be to make plays down the field, maybe make some plays on jet sweeps and touches in the backfield, but it's just not going to be a high volume player. And you're really relying on him being super efficient. And he's a pretty raw prospect. Okay. So I'm probably okay. Letting somebody else draft him here. He, you know, despite the draft capital, like, yes, the, the Packers invested some to trade up and get him, but I think kind of looking at, you know, where they were at in terms of, all of the wide receivers that had gone off the board, I think they were kind of in a position where they had to do that. Go up, get your guy. Um, Cause it, it just, there was a, a tear break after that point. Um, George Pickens had fallen. There were some pre-draft comments. The teams just weren't falling in love with him. Yeah, what do you think um, about Pickens? Cause I know he went to your Steelers. He did. And I, uh, I actually really like that fit. Uh, I think my only question mark Marcus is, what is the locker room going to be like? Cause again, I don't know that George Pickens has like true off the field concerns, but um, it, just the pre-draft kind of commentary on his personality and maybe the fact that he didn't quite just make a stellar impression in the interview process. Um, you have him and then you have Chase Claypool. Just interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can share a little bit. There, there's no, there's no legal problems or anything like that, which we see with other prospects. It seems like there's some maturity stuff and some, I know one team called them entitled. So I will say I, these are 20, 21 year old kids. I think a lot of times they grow out of that stuff once they get to the NFL. So I'm not overly concerned about pickets, but at least it's something to keep an eye on. I personally, I don't love the fit in Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett. Like I'd rather see him, with a quarterback that has a really good arm that can take advantage of him down the field. Um, I just don't know playing in Pittsburgh where it's going to be windy in December and January, if that's the best spot for him. But I understand why the, why the Steelers needed another big outside receiver because Deontay Johnson's entering the final year of his contract. Chase Claypool certainly isn't reliable. Uh, so I get it. Um, all right. I want to ask you about a couple other receivers. Wandale Robinson. Um, I was a huge, huge Wandale Robinson fan going into the draft. One of my favorite players to watch. Just so explosive with the football in his hands. Uh, just so dynamic. But I was shocked he went the second round. I was pretty shocked that he even got drafted on day two. I thought that was a like a fourth or fifth round receiver because you are talking about somebody who is 5'8", 170 pounds, zero percentile wingspan, zero percentile arm length six percentile height like this is just a small small dude and the giants took him at 43 overall uh obviously that's notable do you think this is Kadarius tony insurance i do and i i still don't like (laughs) i i don't like this move this was probably uh you know another one of the most puzzling pieces for me as you said i expected him to go much later and, and you know part of that is because of his size uh, can small wide receivers succeed at the NFL level, like as true wide receivers? Yes. 
but not great for fantasy. First of all, um, you know, you're getting a, a, a guy that can't necessarily fill that dominant wide receiver role. He nope. can't, he's not going to be, um, you know, a centerpiece of that team. I don't think Wondell Robinson and Kadarius Tony are a one for one swap. So I'm, I'm just generally puzzled by this. And I think maybe this draft capital uh, from the giants reaching a bit on Wondell Robinson is going to bump him up rookie draft boards. But th this is a guy that I'm staying away from on my rookie uh, in my rookie drafts. Um, just like the, the hit rate for a prospect this size is very, very low. Yeah. And I, that this is going to be a no-go for me. Yeah. I, I love Wandale Robinson. Uh, I, I think he, you're going to see his, his ranking shoot right up. Uh, he's currently wide receiver 11 now, which is higher than what he was going into the weekend. So uh, certainly going to rise a little bit, but that's probably one that I would stay away from. Um, we should also mention just one more receiver before we move on. Uh, Jalen Tolbert, uh, who the Cowboys drafted in the third round. Uh, we did an episode, a whole episode on previewing Jalen Tolbert going into the draft. I don't think you and I liked him as much as the consensus. Now, Michelle, uh, she, she's a big fan of Jalen Tolbert. But the landing spot is phenomenal, right? You land with the Cowboys um, where they're a high-volume, high-efficiency passing offense. They can move them around, put them in different positions. And we know that this is an offense that can feed three guys. And with Michael Gallup's injury history, um, I, I think this is a, a guy that probably did move up at least a couple spots in your rankings. For sure. Uh, he, you know, is a guy that balled out at the senior bowl. We saw the excellent, um, you know, feedback from him throughout the week in terms of his, his practices. So we, it, it was nice for him to sort of have that stage there. He leads the FBS in receiving yards over the last two seasons. Like this dude, he's got the size, he's got the production profile. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the, the landing spot just gives him the opportunity. So definitely one of my biggest risers, I think, especially uh, just due to landing spot alone. Um, yeah. I think I agree. he, he probably saw the needle move uh, perhaps more than anybody based on landing spot. Uh, all right. I, I want to get to some running backs and tight ends, but I, we should mention quarterback. I think Kenny Pickett's the biggest riser at quarterback simply because everybody else is falling, right? I mean, I, honestly, when you have Malik Willis fall to the third round, Desmond Ritter fall to the third round, Sam Howell fall to the fifth round, Matt Corral fall, fall to the third round, uh, you have to bring him up because – Kenny Pickett's going to be the only player here that is guaranteed to get at least two years, probably more than that at the least, of chances to start. So if you were in a dynasty draft a couple weeks ago and you selected Kenny Pickett, you have to be feeling really good here. My only question is, and I've mentioned this a million times with Kenny Pickett, is I'm not sure what the ceiling is from a, a fantasy Agreed. perspective. So like, that's the biggest question mark. Obviously, he's got... Uh, the draft capital to back him up. But I think based on, you know, but he sort of went where we projected him to go. Obviously all of these other guys slid in the draft, but based on landing spot, I think Desmond Ritter has to be in the conversation for one of the biggest winners um, just of this entire draft gets to go into a role where I think he has a chance to immediately compete. Um, and I think there's a chance that he could win the starting job. He's a 
pretty pro ready guy and he's going to be throwing uh, to the mixes of Drake London to Kyle Pitts. Like those are two of, uh, I, I think just like the biggest, best athletes that we can find in, in the NFL based on size alone. I think he's got a shot right out of the gate. And I think his ceiling for fantasy is going to be much higher. He's going to be my QB one off the board uh, and, and, all dynasty formats really okay mm-hmm. well there you go um it's, it's probably now gonna be picket for me uh, i had picket significantly lower than this uh, i like ritter better but I, draft capital scares me a little bit um poor sam how though man you go from being talked about as a top five pick a year ago to fifth round and now you're backing up carson wentz it's tough. i really I, I again i'm kind of puzzled by the whole scenario. I'm I'm puzzled by the quarterbacks in general, but Sam Howell in particular, I would have really liked to see the Steelers go back and draft him as like an insurance policy later on in the draft because he kept falling. Yeah. Um but I mean, do you really not think that Sam Howell could like compete for a starting role here? Obviously the Commanders um you know traded some draft capital for Carson Wentz, but by all appearances, it doesn't seem like Carson Wentz is popular anywhere he goes. Um, but and I like I I still think that Sam Howell is the same prospect that I was evaluating before he fell. Um, I I still think that given the competition there in Washington, I think Sam Howell could compete for the starting job. I, I wouldn't say it right away. They're going to likely let Carson Wentz fail before they before they move on to Sam Howell. And that's probably the best for Sam Howell. Like let him, let him sit for a year and to learn uh, behind Carson Wentz. Well, no, not to do that, but just to sit and wait. Right. And at least kind of get up to the speed of the NFL, because I I do worry if he has to play behind that offensive line right away, he's going to really struggle. But uh, I want to get to some running backs and some tight ends here, Kate. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about built bar. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food that you can take with you on the go, and Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on the beach, family vacations. You throw them in your golf bag, and you've got a little snack when you're on, like, the eighth hole. Uh, Built Bars are so good. They are covered in 100% real chocolate, with most Built Bars containing only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar that has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Go to Built.com to get all of your favorites, including banana cream pie, raspberry double chocolate, and so much more. They are all delicious, and they've got new flavors coming out all the time. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, running backs. Uh, Did not have a running back go in the first round. But we had several go on day two, and I, I was really only expecting Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker to go, you know, early, and then maybe one or two more to sneak into day three, or excuse me, the third round. Not the case. James Cook went to the Bills in the second round. Uh, Rashad White went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at ninety-one. Tyrion Davis Price to the 49ers at ninety-three. Brian Robinson to the Commanders. Uh, at one, uh, 98, and then we also had Damian Pierce to the Texans at 107 in the fourth round. Samir White to the Raiders in 122 in the fourth round. Isaiah Spiller to the Chargers. Pierre Strong to the Patriots. I mean, we had a lot of running backs. So of all those names, which one do you think gained the most value? 
I think probably based on uh, draft capital combined and landing spot, I'm going to roll with Rashad White here. Um, I, I think that, you know, the the landing spot with the Buccaneers really just kind of hard to beat. Obviously, you have uh, Leonard Fournette there. But, you know, I think this this uh, team, generally speaking, needed a, a trustworthy um, you know, and incapable receiving back. And I think that's what you get mm-hmm. with this guy here. And I, I think there's because of, you know, some of these uh, lapses in the talent profile of these other running backs in the mix here for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, there's going to be sort of an instant role there for uh, a receiving back to get into the mix. Like I, I think, you know, he was taken a bit earlier than I expected, uh, but just coming out of Arizona State, I think he's one of the the more underrated pass catchers, and I think he's kind of going to be in the mix for uh, a role here pretty quickly with the team. He's just going to fit in. Uh, for me, it's James White, or excuse me, James James Cook, <laughs> uh, because Buffalo spent a second round pick on him. I actually do think the fit makes a lot of sense. He's somebody that you can use as a receiver. Um, it feels like he's kind of the <laughs> if you mesh. Uh, you know, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary together, you might get something that kind of looks like James Cook with a little bit more speed, right? Yeah. I, I just think he's going to be somebody that plays a lot. He's got the draft capital. Um, he might not get the goal line work, and that's going to be the thing here that it's a little frustrating. But could I see him getting nine carries a game and four receptions and maybe some work in the return game? Sure. Is that going to be super exciting? No, but for somebody that, you know, a lot of people ranked outside their top five running backs. I, I, I think he might be RB3 for me now. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's kind of naturally slated for uh, at least some sort of role. And I don't think we're going to really know how they divvy up this work here. But um, the the draft capital in particular, we knew that the Bills were, uh, you know, in search of a missing piece in their run game. Um, and I think James Cook is just a really well-balanced prospect, Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and I, I think, you know, if he would have seen an increased workload at Georgia, if he didn't necessarily have to share that backfield, he's a running back that might've, you know, even been a little higher on draft board. So it, I love James Cook as a prospect. And I think this is a great landing spot. hundred percent agree. Um, any other running backs that stood out to you? Um, for me, I like I say Sibiller going to the chargers because I think he's instantly an upgrade over Justin Jackson. But when you fall to the fourth round, you're probably always going to be in a complimentary role, but I, I, I still think that's a good landing spot for him. Yeah. I think that's a great landing spot I, for football purposes. Um, I saw some discourse here on Twitter that, uh, you know, what does this mean for Austin Eckler? It means literally nothing. Um, I, <laughs> it means literally nothing for me. Like, I, you know, nothing. Austin Eckler is, um, still the receiving back, like Isaiah Spiller, we didn't see him make an impact uh, in the receiving game at Texas A&M. I don't think we're going to see him make an impact with the Chargers. I think this is a great depth signing. And like you said, I think he instantly becomes uh, the second best running back in that room. But is he good enough to compete for touches with Austin Eckler on a regular basis? No, not whatsoever. Um, any tight ends here? I, I <laughs> Tight end landing spots are pretty gross in this year's draft. Trey McBride is the first tight end off the board. He goes to the Cardinals, who just signed Zach Ertz to a contract extension. Uh, Greg Dulcich 
uh, goes to the Broncos, who already have Albert O. Jeremy Ruckert goes to the Jets, who just signed CJ Uzoma uh, and Tyler Conklin. Isaiah Likely goes to Baltimore, and they've got a million tight ends, uh, including <laughs> Kate, Charlie Kohler, who got drafted. But I mean, this tight end class, man, it's just it's a dumpster fire. It's a dumpster fire. Um, I am curious, though. You're an Isaiah Likely fan, correct? I, I um, am. I hate I, this landing spot. Okay. I just wanted to check. But, you know, well, like, so the Ravens walked away without drafting a single wide receiver, which I think everybody was. They're just shocked. not going to throw this year. They're not going to. They Yeah, they're not going to need to throw the ball. And poor, poor Lamar Jackson. Uh, you trade away his only receiving prospect. But, hey, you got to throw to somebody. They, 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 they drafted Rashad Bateman last year. I, I I really think they're expecting Bateman to take a bigger role. They do have some guys they drafted like in the third, fourth round of the last couple of years. Devin Duvernay, I like a little bit as a speed guy. Uh, James Roche, Tylen Wallace. I, I know those are not great guys. But remember, the number one receiver in this offense is Mark Andrews anyways. So if Bateman can be a solid number two and they can find other complementary pieces, they're going to be just fine. I, I'm not worried about Baltimore. But what about Likely? Do you think that he could be uh, a guy that maybe fits in for a receiving role sooner rather than later? We know they love the tight end position. They didn't draft any wide receivers. Is this maybe one of the sleeper tight ends of the class just due to landing? Really trying not to use some dad jokes here about how it's pretty likely that he's not going to turn out as a receiver. I actually like Charlie Kohler more, the, the tight end that they drafted first, because he's the bigger body, better athlete, seam stretcher, right? Um, I think likely could do some things as like a move tight end, as a fullback. I just hate this landing spot because there's a really <laughs> good chance. There's a really good chance that likely is the fourth tight end on this roster for most of the season. Awesome. <laughs> it's just... How I, exciting. I, I really hope that you guys were not looking for tight ends. Uh, I should also mention Jelani Woods, who got drafted by the Colts in the, I believe, third round. Um, he I went, don't hate that. Yeah, I don't hate it either. He, The guy that I comped him to the whole time was Mo Alley-Cox, who will now be backing up in Indianapolis. It's just <laughs> uh, tight ends, man. But uh, well, that was, our, that was a fun show. Tomorrow, Matt and Ryan will be here to talk about some rookie followers. And I've got a feeling... Kenneth Walker uh, is going to be one of them. If I had to guess, Kate, what is Seattle doing? I, I, I just don't I don't get it at all. Drafting a running back when you're starting your rebuild, whatever. Uh, follow the show. Uh, Marcus, you're yeah. not going to have to draft a quarterback if you just run the ball a million times, huh? Come on. Follow the show wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> uh, check us out on YouTube. Uh, you can follow Kate at FFBallBlast, where I'm sure she'll spend the day complaining about Kenny Pickett in his tiny hands. You can follow <laughs> me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Matt and Ryan will be back tomorrow. We'll see you guys next time.